Are you an Arrowhead Chief? Hey! Are you an Arrowhead Chief? Hey! Are you an Arrowhead Chief? 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 Love, it's a whole new season. Crowd getting pumped, yelling from the bleachers. Tomahawk chop, blessing from the speakers. Chill it is ready, lacing up them sneakers. 16 games, 16 ways. Kansas City Chiefs gotta rep that name. Push to the end, gotta win each game. Blood, sweat, and tears in the snow and the rain. Never give up, gotta push through the pain. Chargers, Rams, Raiders, Broncos. Grab your peanuts, grab your nachos. If it's raining, pack a poncho. Flip in the sky, soaring high. Kansas City Chiefs, now we're on the rise. Super Bowl ready, it's the perfect time. You can see the passion looking in their eyes. Sold out game, sacrifice. When he bit the champs, gotta pay the price. Tune in live now on Channel 5. Kansas City Chiefs bring the town alive. Sold out game, sacrifice. When he bit the champs, gotta pay the price. Tune in live now on Channel 5. Kansas City Chiefs bring the town alive. Kansas City, are you an arrowhead chief? Stop and do the nay nay, now we chop it to the beat. Tailgate, every Sunday, yeah, we bleed that red and gold. Kansas City Chiefs, it's time to take control. Kansas Chris Dow, and we have a lot of stuff to get into. Recap last night's game against the Buffalo Bills. Talk about the offensive line, the running game, and preview the next game against the Denver Broncos. And today I brought back, you know, my guest from last week, my cousin, Mark. What's going on, Mark? Hey, what's up? Glad to be back. Uh, a lot to talk about. It was a good game last night. Much, uh, definitely night and day experience from last week to this week. So, let's get it in. Yeah, man. It was, you know, definitely made some corrections. Kudos to Andy Reid, Eric B. Enemy. Kudos to the defense, Spagnola, making some adjustments too. Um, but let's get into the game last night, man. What did you see last night? Oh, man, what did I not see that and I enjoy? I mean, you saw uh, last week we really talked about the battle in the trenches and how they struggled on both sides. Um, like I say, it was, just a, it was just a view of night and day. It was like defense, they were just letting the Raiders have their way last week, just running up and down wherever they went, wanted to go. This week they did a much better job containing. And they, I was actually very surprised. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had his runs, but the fact they were able to still contain him to where they limited him, and also, they actually got some pressure. It doesn't show on the stat sheet. I'm not sure if they recorded a sack at all last uh, last night, now that I recall. But the pressure was much better. And then on the offensive, the offensive line, the number spoke for itself as far as with the running game. They made a point that it was the most rushing yards under, Andy, under any Andy Reid team. We know it was a pass-happy team, so it was a lot of good things. Uh, the secondary looked like they were awoke this time. Uh, not too much to pick on. It's like maybe here and there, but not so much. And then, you know, just the receivers, we saw pieces step up and everything. And it was kind of weird. It's like you saw Tyreek Hill. He only had 20 yards last night. They were more so keyed on him, but other people stepped up. It's like you talk, talked about with Pringle and 
You saw Dosis Demarcus Robinson. They look sharp. Yeah, they did. Um, especially, you know, Demarcus Robinson. I thought it was going to be one of those Demarcus Robinson games where, you know, he takes over and has one of those 100-yard games. But, you know, he was efficient. He was he was there when, when Pat needed him for first downs. Pringo mm-hmm. had a big catch in the fourth quarter where he caught that third and 12 pass to get us at least field goal range. Yeah, that was huge. So, yeah, we definitely needed that because if we don't get that, you never know. Buffalo might march down the field and make the game more interesting. So, one thing I will say is, you know, last night Patrick Mahomes, it re- last night's game reminded me of the first game against Houston where they ran the football. Uh-huh. Pat picked his spots, you know what I'm saying, where he needed to be Patrick Mahomes, and then he, he, he picked his spots to stay within the offense, you know, throw the football down the field uh, when he needed to. You're but, absolutely right. But he, if he needed to get a first down, he'll switch out to a running play or he'll dump it out to a running back or he'll dump it out to Travis Kelsey. They got Kelsey a little – you know, early in the game, he was getting Kelsey involved. And Kelsey had a couple of touchdowns early. Um, but, you know, for the most part, they were efficient. Um, Andy Reid made some switches on the offensive line. Let's not, you know, you know, look over that. He, he he benched Austin Ryder for Daniel Kilgore, a, a offensive you know an offensive lineman's off season f- uh, free agent that he signed in the off season. He played I think he played with the Jaguars last year, but he start he's he has he is a veteran who started in this league you know for a while. So it looks like it was a good pickup because he. He Definitely. Was, he was Stonewall. He was he was one of the main cause of the the big holes that uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire was running through. He was the reason. And then Allegretti, a draft pick that we picked what two seasons, two two drafts ago, mm-hmm. came in, filled in perfectly. Um, Rimmers, uh, Swartz got hurt. They had to take him out. And at first, I was worried, but those guys came in, stepped up. And and yeah. they played a great game, man, and they should get the game ball. Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, typically when you have a next man up mentality, we've seen it where it's like at any position when one person goes out, all of a sudden the offense falls apart, falls all the way apart. And it actually, it was actually good to seem like they had a game plan just in case, and the next man was ready to go. Yeah, man. So kudos, like I said, to Andy Reid to know that he had to make some adjustments. Kudos to Spagnuolo to finally, you know, he was getting pressure. Taco Charlton, Chris Jones was uh-huh. getting pressure. Frank Clark, you know, he was there in spots, you know, especially in the running game. Yep. Um, the secondary played fairly well. I mean, Shaverius Ward had his blips as usual uh, against Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs is a top tier receiver, man. I mean, a lot of corners have problems with Stephon. Hey, shout out to uh, Daniel Sorensen over there. Interception, though. Like, we were talking about him. He was on my list for the last two weeks. I'm like, what is he going to do differently? And then all of a sudden, I mean, he robbed Breland. But, hey, he got one. He got to get one, too. He got to get the one-hand catch on. <laughs> he was looking out there looking like the honey badger. Get one-hand catches on people and stuff. But the secondary, for the most part, I mean, you can say what you want about Shaverius Ward, but he still held him to 46 yards. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, you know, he had his touchdowns, but he had to fight for those touchdowns, too. Yeah, it was just like the – and even so, it was like leading up to that uh, touchdown drive that the Bills did have. 
Um, it was set up. It was on. It was on a bad penalty. He's like he held him. He's like he got that pass interference call. And then on the touchdown play, he played the right position, but he just got to finish the play. He had him trapped right where he wanted against the sideline. But it was just a really good throw by Josh Allen. And of course, with Stephon Diggs, that's just vet- That's just a veteran play. What he yeah. does, just keeping those feet in bounds and making the play, and even in the tight narrow spaces. Yes, one thing that we got to look forward to, you know, look into, you know, looking forward is. This cornerback crew, you mm-hmm. know, you know um, losing Legarius Sneed, you know, hopefully he gets back soon. Yeah, because he, he showed flashes and he showed that he can cover those guys like Stephon Diggs. Um, he like he has the speed to do that. So hopefully he can get back soon. Um, uh, Rashad Breeland really looks like he's going. He's get, he's trying to get back in form. You know, it's probably going to take him two couple more games, and then you'll see the Rashad Breeland. That we all know, you know, he's not perfect, but he's he's a very good corner, I think. Mm-hmm. And one thing I like about Breshawn is he's not afraid to hit. He will tackle. He's he's not afraid. He doesn't shy away from the tackle. I mean, he tried to tackle Josh Allen last night and, <laughs> and got trucked like Derrick Henry trucking Josh Norman. But for the most part, uh, Breshawn really had a pretty good game. You know, he had a couple penalties himself, but I just chalk it up to him getting back into form, you know. So. Yeah, it's only his second game, so we got to give him a little grace a little bit. But he'll be right there. He's doing all right, though. So, yeah, last night, you know, like I said, if I were to give them a grade, I would give them a B plus because they played a smart, efficient game. They took what the defense gave them. Defensively, they, you know, they pretty much bottled up Josh Allen. Josh, uh-huh. Josh Allen was terrible last night. You know, other than the touchdowns that he threw, you know, they were in spots. Josh Allen was not good. It was into the third quarter. He had 66 yards. Like, you and, know. And realistically, just kind of looking at the score, I know for me last week I predicted 26 or 24 to 17. The, t- the score was 26-17. And really that last touchdown was like I call it a fluff touchdown because like they had they had him down to 10 points. That was actually very impressive as far as with their defensive play. And it's just kudos to – that whole defensive scheme, as far as they putting that together, and they, and just the even some of the notes, like I was, like I said, it's like they didn't, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but the pressure was getting there. It was getting there, and it was forcing some throws and forcing, uh, forcing them outside the pocket, and it just nothing was there. Yeah, so like I said, looking for hopefully they can continue to keep this up, um, continue to uh, continue to make you know. Will Andy Reid stick to the run when he needs to stick to the run? Because, you know, sometimes it could be an aberration. You know, they'll stick, they'll do it for one game, and then Andy Reid will go back to being Mr. You know, throw it 50 times yeah. when the defense is not giving you those leeways. But the next two games should be, you know, you know they probably going to look like the, the Chiefs that everybody wants to see, The you know, the bombs down the field. You know, Le'Veon Bell is going to be playing – and probably next week uh, in Denver, mm-hmm. so you're probably gonna, they're probably gonna you know drop some packages for him. I don't expect Le'Veon to have a bunch of touches, but I think he'll have a couple packages just to cut his teeth in his offense. I think the Jets game he'll probably get a little bit more. But uh, yeah, he's gonna play with a chip on his shoulder in that game. <laughs> and, and Andy Reid is petty enough; he will do stuff like that where he'll be like, "All right." You know, let's get the kid. You know, let's get Le'Veon on his touches, and let's have you know he's playing his old team. You know, so 
I, I see him, you know, as as the games go on, he's going to gradually get more and more and more. And he'll fit right into this offense, man, because I can see, you know, split backs, you know, situations. I can see a situation where Clyde is in the backfield mm-hmm. and they split uh, Davion out wide in the slot. Say, you know, or do a reverse, you know, have Clyde out. Because I've seen last night they had Clyde out, you know, a few times out. Mm-hmm. And he was out in the, out wide. In some plays, you you know, or he'll hit them in the slot. So, I can see them doing so much stuff with these two. It's, it's going to be crazy. I don't know how defensive coordinator – it's going to keep defensive coordinators up at night to figure out how they're going to stop this two-back system. It's going to be very difficult because then you're talking about, it's like, you know, you're so worried about the pass and they had all the threats out there all in the wide out and everything. You had two safeties high trying to guard that. Now you're trying to figure out what the running game is. Like you have to put eight in the box, so somewhere you're going to have to sacrifice something. So it's like it's going to be very tough. It's going to be a headache for some of these defensive coordinators really trying to figure it out. It's, it's going to be a challenge. So let me ask you a question, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, now looking at the landscape of the uh, just the AFC, who do you see as the biggest threat to the Chiefs? You know, you got the Tennessee Titans, you got the Steelers. Um, you, I mean, Baltimore still out there. I'm not gonna discount Baltimore, even though we just match up perfectly against Baltimore. They, you know, they're still there. You know, who do you feel, you know, is the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs repeating to the Super Bowl? Um, realistically, as far as and I think you're gonna get a preview of it right now, just because they happen to meet each other. I mean, it's gonna be between Pittsburgh and Tennessee. I mean, yeah. Tennessee has a bruiser and a running back, and just the way that Vrabel has coached that team. He's got A.J. Brown out there on the outside, and Tannehill is just playing with a, a chip on his shoulder. He's just a man on a mission. He just looks sharp. But then on the flip side with Pittsburgh, though, he's like, you can never count a coach like Mike Tomlin. They had talked about it all last year, how they were able to get through the season with, like, I believe it was 8-8 eight and eight with mediocre quarterbacks. Yeah. And now you got your man back there. You got Roethlisberger still firing off. And Juju Schuster, he's like, he just looks like he's got his bounce back. And you see Connor in there in the backfield. And those are two tough teams. But I just think as far as the, the team to beat, at this point, it looks like Tennessee is the, hungry, is the hungrier team because of the way they got bounced out. Because remember, it was – uh, Kansas City, they had to come back and beat them. Yeah. So usually a lot of these teams that come back with an edge, and you kind of sense that too with the Chiefs, even when they lost to New England the previous year. Yeah. And yeah. it's very, and that makes it a very dangerous team. We didn't know how they were going to come out the gates when they came from um, the Titans being on those bye weeks due to COVID and stuff like that, but they just looked like a team that was on a mission. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, it's going, you know, Pittsburgh, um, to me, I don't know. I just, I trust t- – I like Tennessee, and I like Tannehill. Um, Tannehill looks like – because, see, the thing about Tannehill was, was that when he was with the Dolphins, of course, it was bad coaches he was under, too. Mm-hmm. But his main – the main knock on Tannehill was it wasn't that he wasn't good. It was injuries. He kept getting hurt. Yeah. ACL tears, you know, you know, things like that. He would always get hurt, like especially right before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He would always get hurt. And that was the only knock on Tannehill. So – him coming to Tennessee, they they finally you know use him the way that he's supposed to be used. You got Derrick Henry who just he, running over people. He, 
I mean, I don't think he'll win it, but he should be an MVP candidate, man. The way he's running over dudes and and, and he he makes that offense go. Yeah, he does. That offense goes where Derrick Henry goes. He's one of the few running backs out there that, as the game progresses, his game just gets stronger and and it's just, just ridiculous. Yeah, man. He he he's that that kid is just he's on he he's a big six three. Like two fifty two, it's just harder. You gotta pretty much throw your body mm-hmm. into his legs to you know make him stop. I'm still amazed that last year in the playoffs in that second half that we shut him down. Like yeah, they committed to shutting him down. They dared Tannehill to throw the football down the field, and Tannehill just couldn't get it done. Now I do see a, a um, I, I see Tannehill a little bit more comfortable this year throwing the football down the field because mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's been a lot of games this year so far. He's three hundred some games and three or four touchdowns, and he's throwing it down the field. So I think you will see a different Tannehill than the one we saw last year because um, he's more comfortable in his offense. I believe so too. And, and if you didn't know AJ Brown last year for whatever reason, you're gonna know him. That, you're gonna know him this year because yeah. he is out there balling out too. Yeah, and 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 then Pittsburgh, their defense, that TJ Watt. Oh, yeah. That dude is a monster. And Minna, wasn't that Minna Fitzpatrick? Oh. Yeah, Minka, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. That was one of the better pickups that they made last year. Kid, they got they pretty much got him from a steal from the Dolphins. That kid is amazing. And then on the offense, it's kind of like you, you've already highlighted Big Ben's back. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster's back. John, James, Conner, James Conner, who's a solid running back. But the talk of them is that rookie, Chase Claypool. Yeah. That dude right there is a baller. Yeah, absolutely. Big, fast, physical. Like, that dude scares me. Against our corners, you putting Shavarius Ward on him? Oh, no, man. We, need Le- <laughs> we might need LeJarrius Sneed back for that dude right there because, man. But even so, taking consideration, it's like, you know, granted last year, you know, as far as with their quarterback injuries and all that stuff, Pittsburgh has always been an organization where they have always had Solid producers all the way around. It's very rare that you see a team like that sub 500. And you have to thank the front office for what they do. They work hard and they keep the consistency going. That's why they're always consistently competing. Yeah, the Roonies are, you know, one of the top-notch, you know, people in the, in the NFL when it comes to personnel. So, And then the Ravens, you know, like I said, we match up perfectly against the Ravens. But you never can discount the Ravens. I mean – the knock on the Ravens or what? You know, can they can they come back when they're down? You know, a couple scores, and that's up to the. That's something that their offensive coordinator has to figure out. Yep. How to get uh, Lamar Jackson and you know pick the best plays for him to get in spots where he can actually lead his team to a comeback. I agree. So it'd be like those are the only three teams that I see. As a threat. I never saw Buffalo as a threat because as much as I like Josh Allen, I think he's a gamer. I just don't think he's there to the point where if I'm picking my poison, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in the fourth quarter and it's a minute left, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. You know, same thing with um, uh, who else? Any, any AFC team that, you know, in that middle ground, even against the Las Vegas Raiders, even though we lost against them, uh, last week, I still think we're the, we're the 10 times better team than the Las Vegas Raiders. I just think the Las Vegas Raiders caught us off guard. 
They caught us sleeping. Mm-hmm. Kudos to them. They came in. They was ready to play. The Chiefs wasn't ready to play. They thought that they was going to show up, get the W, and ride off to Buffalo. It didn't work like that. The defense had it had a brain fart. The offense couldn't get going in the second half. I don't think that's going to happen when we meet them again. Yeah, they, they even so the proof just in the game itself, and that they did not allow big plays. They made sure they they got a they got a hold of the run game as far as with that real quick. Cause it wasn't any big plays. You didn't see much big bursts. The team that was making the big bursts was actually the Chiefs this time, this go around. And and that's what I and I think you know next time we play them, that's what we're gonna see. We gonna play we play Denver next, which we can you know start previewing that game, and I. Denver doesn't have a chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 just, uh, I don't see no way in hell that, that Denver is going to beat us next weekend. Yeah, I think uh, Denver is going to get exposed as far as like, when they're missing somebody key like Vaughn Miller, a linebacker who's really the, pretty much the quarterback in the backbone of that defense. It's, they're going to have their hands full with that one. I don't. And last, last year wasn't close, and that was the game that Mahomes got hurt in. Um, I can only imagine what it's going to be like now. He's actually going to be in the game with two backs, and it's going to be – it might be a nightmare. Yeah, man, I just I, – I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I don't see no way. The only way the Denver Broncos can win this game is if the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Penalties, dumb, you know, dumb mistakes, dropping passes, interceptions, you know, things that had the fumbles, you know, that would be the only way. If we keep Denver hanging around and then they start gaining confidence, that's the only way they're going to beat us. But if, mm-hmm. if, the, if the Chiefs coming in with their B-plus game, they'll beat the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I'm sorry. They will beat the Denver in, in a, on a B-plus game. If they come with their A game, this could get bad. It could get ugly real quick. In the first half, it could be like 35 to 7. If that. If, if seven. <laughs> 35 to three. I'm, I'm being generous. I'm being generous. But it, it can get ugly real quick. Because I think that the Chiefs, I think getting punched in the mouth by the Las Vegas Raiders, I think the Chiefs realized that, look, man, we can't take, our, no matter how, how, how long of a run we've had against our division rivalries, we still got to come up, strap up, ready to play. Yep. We can't just think we're going to show up and dominate. It don't work like that. These guys get paid to do the same thing. As much as of an inferior team they are, they still get paid to play football. Agreed. And and they're gonna and 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 for them for their confidence, they want to beat us. They want to beat the Chiefs. Every team. Every team wants to get out there and say they got a W because we are the measuring stick right now. We are not just in the AMC. We're the top team in the league, man. When we are on and we have our A game, our A game, we are top-notch better than everybody. Our offense, can't nobody match up. I don't care who you are. Maybe Tampa Bay, if Tampa Bay's on their A game, maybe they can match us. Maybe the Saints. But other than that, I don't see any other offense that can match us. I just think that the scariest part about it, though, is that we were talking about we had just really assessed everything that had gone through the first quarter. This this period that we're in, these upcoming weeks and everything, this is really the stretch where we start to find out who are the for real and who are the nots. Like we really start to see separation. They had their time to gel. This is the time where you might see, of course, you're going to have your teams there on their bio weeks and stuff like that, but you got that team chemistry in there. 
Um, we've seen some holes and everything where they've had a dose of running game, but not but then the passing game wasn't there. Or you saw a lot of passing and you had the running. Or you might have had both, but then the special teams might have had issues. But when they're all clicking at the same time, they are a very tough team to beat. There's one thing I do want to get into in this receiving core. Now, look, I ain't trying to knock Miko Hartman, but this is the time that Miko has to step up. No Sammy Watkins? This is your time to shine, bro. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, they ain't going to let you just have it, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the stats show for it. I mean, if you look at the stats just from last night's game, Demarcus Robinson, he had 5 for 69. Kelsey got his 5 for 65 and two touchdowns. Pringle had two for for 46 yards, and he had some key catches. And Tyreek Hill had a very unusual game. He was very quiet. And and you know what? Sometimes Tyreek has one of those games where sometimes, you know, on our offense – the offense may run through Travis. Mm-hmm. And Travis just has one of those games where he has a hundred and some yards and a couple touchdowns. Then there's the game where it's the Tyreek Hill game, where Tyreek Hill has a hundred and some yards and a couple touchdowns. But we need to have a Miko Harmon game. Yeah. The, I need to see I need to see some of them flashes that I saw last year when Miko would just run past somebody, get open. He needs to take advantage of this opportunity, man, because, like I said, Chief fans are already having their rumblings because he was picked before DK Metcalf. The Chiefs traded up to get Miko Harmon and bypassed DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf looks like he's going to be a top three receiver in about the next couple of years, if he's not already. He is special. That is a big, fast dude. And in our offense, he probably would have flourished too. But I'm saying, Miko has to step it up, man. Because even Byron Pringle looks like he might be a gamer, man. Every time that kid kisses the pass, it's always it's always a big play. And he, it always looks like he's about to get smashed and fumble the football. But somehow the kid just holds on to the ball. His job, his ball security is second to none because even last night when he got hit, any other player might have fumbled that ball. He held on to it. It's just with Pringle, he's just one of those special players that just knows how to, who just knows how to get in the right place at the right time. You saw flashes of it. You saw flashes of it last year. I believe it was in the Colts game where it was a breakdown and. Mahomes had nowhere to go, and then he just threw it up there, and I believe it was Pringle that made the catch in the end zone. Yeah. And that's just great instinct that not every wide receiver has as far as they not just being able to move with the quarterback, but to just be able to help him out. And 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 we can't forget that Byron Pringle was actually a pretty talented wide receiver coming out of K-State. Yes, he was. Like, he wasn't some scrub that just came out. Like, he was actually a very talented receiver. He had his – he had his off-the-field issues at the time, but other than that, he was actually pretty good at K-State. So, like I said, Miko got to step it up, man, even in the um, in the punt game, you know, in the kickoff return. I mean, kickoff, usually they kick it over his head, but in that punt return, sometimes I see him have some brain farts up in there, too. Where he fair catches it inside the five, or, you know, he runs right into, you know, last night. 
he was like slowed down and got hit at like the 10 when he could just probably ran a little faster. He might have ran past some people. So I just need Miko to, to show that flash. I was, I had big expectations for Miko Hartman this year. I'm not saying he was supposed to have a thousand yards this year, but 800, 700, 800 yards, maybe four or five touchdowns. Like in this offense, I don't think that's hard. I don't think that's hard at all. So, it's going to be interesting against Denver, against the Jets, and I don't know who we got after that, but he's got to step it up, man. And the opportunities are going to be there. I mean, everybody's getting their chances. I mean, Pringle made the most of his. Even Kaiser, he had one catch last night. It wasn't a good play as far as with the screen and stuff like that, but he right. still he found a way to make the opportunity of it, and that's what it's about, especially when you have a key player like Sammy Watkins out. And Demarcus Robinson, he was another player. It's like he had his catches, but – he found a way. He showed up early, kind of disappeared in the late and like in the later in the latter part of the game. But it just really opens up opportunities. It's like if you actually want to get more time out there on the field and actually showcase what you can do. But he had a big catch when we was deep into our end zone. Patrick Mahomes found him, and he ran in and got at least to like the 20, 25. Mm-hmm. So Demarcus Robinson made some key catches yesterday, man. And like I said, Miko got to step it up. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see um, how he, you know, how he's being used in these next few games. Because it's not going to get easier as long as you got somebody coming out <laughs> like, like Le'Veon Bell. That's going to even shorten that opportunity as well. Yeah, man. So it'll be interesting. Um, so um, back to the Denver game. Um, like I said, I don't think this is going to be, you know. <laughs> I honestly just think we're going to blow this team out. And and even so, you got to consider that Denver is going to be coming off of a uh, – they're coming off of a win versus New England last week. So, it's going to be interesting but, to but, see. But let's be real, man. <laughs> Denver didn't even score touchdowns, man. They, they was kicking field goals. And if Cam Newton just was on just a little bit, if he just scores a touchdown, they lose. I just don't see that happening. To the Chiefs, man. I just, I, I personally think Cam just had one of those. He, he hasn't been practicing. He's been out because of his, you know, he tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. So he's been doing them Zoom meetings. He's still learning the offense himself. So I just, uh, I'm sorry. I got to score 45 to 7 because I think they scored like a little garbage touchdown. I got it 45 to 7. I just think we blow them out and, you know, on to the next. I think I'm going to be a little bit generous. Um, I think it's going to go 34-13. Reason being, um, I think you're going to get a little bit of a dose of, as far as with, you always got to be concerned with Lindsey. I don't care how good, how bad the offensive line looks, whatever and everything. I think you're going to see a little bit of uh, Judy on the other side. Just like get him, let him get a few catches. And then even so with how the and this is where I'm really gonna be keyed on with these linebackers and how they deal with a tight end like Noah Fant because yeah. when Fant you cannot is one of those players you cannot allow to get loose otherwise if you let him get loose he'll have a big day on you. True, true. And he's got to be mindful. I mean Drew Locke we saw splashes of it in the latter parts of last year and we didn't know what we we're gonna get this year as far as like with Denver and how that looks. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not overly impressed but like I said it's like we both both pretty much predicting blowouts. I, I don't think they get that. Touchdown until late. I think they're going to have that two field goals and probably that one late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so 
I mean, we pretty much agree it's gonna be a blowout. It's it's not gonna be close. So. I mean, unless a a snowstorm or something like that shows up or whatever. I'm not even scared because last year we played Denver in a snowstorm and Mahomes was out there balling. <laughs> He's throwing the football better than it was and if it was sunny outside. Yeah, the snow game. Yeah, he was he was he was doing whatever he wanted in that snow. So even if it is snowing, bring it on. Uh, and then even so, just kind of like looking at this game, I think, uh, granted, you got Bell coming back. I think Elair's going to have another 100-yard game. I, I do really too. do believe I, that. I, I think I think the Le'Veon signing lit a fire under this kid. I think he wants to prove that him being picked in the first round was not a fluke. Because, you know, other than that first game, you know, it was – you know, and, and I don't blame it all on him. The offensive line was not playing too good. So, the holes were just closing up on him. So it wasn't all him, you know. It's hard to, it's hard to, you know, um, see the worth of a running back when the offensive line is not playing too good. You know? Yeah, and and even so, though, some running backs they operate differently. Some come right out the gate. Some mm-hmm. some of these teams. And keep in mind, you have to consider the fact that they didn't have any preseason games either. Yeah. So, like we said, in the first couple of weeks, really, that was his preseason to get a feel for. You don't know what it's like to get hit until. Like week one, and then you start to get a build up, and then I believe just with Chiefs fans and how they were talking about with Elaric, some of them saying that getting Elaric was a mistake, and when is he going to show up? Well, he, I think you got the heavy dose of what it's like when he's at his best and when he actually got a line that can block with him. Because like you're talking about, now we're in those crucial weeks where you're starting to get consistency. You're starting to understand patterns. You're getting a, a dose of that where you even saw some of the explosive, explosiveness going back to the first quarter of that game last night. I think Hilaire, though, I think he's going, he's going to continue to get better. Yeah. I think Bell back, being back there is going to be – it's going to make things very interesting, especially when both of them in the backfield at the same time because mm-hmm. you got a good uh, – you got two good two good runners. They both know how to uh, catch out the backfield. I think you're going to see with these teams a lot of angle routes, a lot of wheel routes. It's going to yeah. be a headache. And then, you can, and then you can line up wide, have a five-receiver set, yeah. and pick your poison. Which one are you going to double team? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, Andy Reid's about to be like a kid in the candy shop. He, he's about to just dial it up. He, he's about to do whatever he wants to. Him, hearing that, I think him and Eric Bieniemy are in the lab right now, laughing with the Birdman hands. Like, yeah, we about to. Well, you know, that's what Bieniemy says. That Bieniemy said he uh, during the interviews last week he didn't want to talk about say uh, what he's gonna do with a player that he can't even use yet. So you can only imagine what kind of fuel that actually put in, and just to see Le'Veon just like throw, throw out a tweet and say he can't, he can't wait to get out there with the guys. I know he can't. I know he can't, man. You get you playing with Patrick Mahomes and you playing with this offense, and you know the sky's the limit for for Le'Veon Bell, man. He come out here, and, and I'm not predicting he's gonna have a thousand yards or anything like that, but as long as he's effective, effective spots, first downs. In the red zone, you know, third and two, third and three. And, and you saw Clyde is actually pretty good in third and one and third and two. Yeah. I think the only thing that kind of and, and we had to get on Allegretti from this one is that he cost him another rushing touchdown. That's what <laughs> held me up. I'm like, this dude should have more rushing touchdowns than this. And for me to only see him with only one, I hope it, it, that number goes up yeah. because he definitely deserved – he earned it yesterday. Yeah, he did. And he is like – it's like you can say give out a game ball to whoever. You can give it to Kelsey. You can give it to Mahomes for just like uh, no turnovers and doing all this stuff. But Elair, he earned the ball. He earned that game ball last it, night. It's all about it goes it goes Elair and it goes that offensive line. 
anybody else, you know, was kind of just, you know, way down the line. But it's all about Elair. Elair is the one who ran, who was running that football effectively, keeping that that Buffalo defense on their toes. I mean, he was he would run. He was averaging at first, at one point of the game, he was averaging eight yards a carry. Yeah, eight yards a carry, like that's crazy. Eight yards a carry. He ended it off with like six yards a carry. He had over he had over ninety yards rushing at, at the end of the first half. That's yeah. how. Phenomenal he actually was last night. So, yeah, I, I was kind of hurt that he didn't get his touchdown either. Um, hopefully, like I said, he gets his touchdown, especially with Le'Veon in the backfield. They'll switch it up and have him run it in. Oh, uh, he should in these next two games, especially you going into Denver. And then also you got a home game against the Jets. He should be able to get some there. Yeah, so, yes. So, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, him going forward. Um, hopefully, you know, with Le'Veon signing to keep him fresh, so down the line, the stretch run, and in the playoffs, he'll, you know, have him fresh legs because sometimes these rookies also, it, they hit that rookie wall and, you know, it, it, you know, it shows. And even so, it's like as far as with these with these backs, as a matter of fact, just, just look at it from a whole team perspective. I believe just looking at their upcoming, the next four games is good preparation. But at the same time, they need to stay locked in and make make sure they don't have any uh, game lapses like they had with the Raiders. Because you look at their next ones and everything. We already said the, they had the Broncos, then they had the Jets, then they played the uh, Panthers, and then they have a bye, and then they had to respond uh, to the Raiders in Vegas, and then that prepares them for the Buccaneers. So they have the ideal schedule to prepare them for these teams to work out some kinks to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Sees like who's go- who's going to be most effective as far as like, with your receiving core. I mean, we won't know the status as far as like uh, with Sammy Watkins' health and everything. But even so, whether he's ready to go or not ready to go, the next man should be up and ready to go. Bell should be in a rhythm. Kelsey's going to do what he does. Mahomes, he should actually have a couple of huge games with some of these upcoming upcoming games. But that all comes with the preparation as far as like how they game plan. I think that's what I was most impressed with as far as with the coaching staff and everything. Granted, the weather and stuff like that, they adjusted. If you really wanted to take a look at a lens as far as like how I saw that game overall, I thought the Chiefs actually played the way that the Bills wanted to play them yeah. because they wanted it to be about game management and running the clock and time management. And they said, oh, you're going to play that way? And gave them a dose of their own medicine, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. So, that's our time today, man. We appreciate y'all listening, man. Um, if, you're, if you're a new subscriber, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hey, our podcast is on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. Um, it's on iTunes. All that stuff. Any platform that you stream from, guess what? Arrowhead Cheap Podcast is on there, man. So subscribe to us. Follow us, man, because we are coming. We we, we, we spreading worldwide, man. We trying to make this thing big because we want Chiefs Kingdom to know, you know, to be spread out everywhere, every city, every town, you know. So subscribe to us, man. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, Podcast Chief Seven Hundred Two. You can follow us on Instagram at. Uh, Arrowhead Chief Podcast, same thing on Facebook. You got a Twitter, man? You want somebody to follow you on, man? Yeah, you can follow me at AntMark702. That's A-N-T-M-A-R-K-S 702. So that's our time, man. We appreciate y'all, and we go.
Are you an Arrowhead Chief? Hey! Are you an Arrowhead Chief? What? Hey! Are you an Arrowhead Chief? 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 Look, it's a whole new season. Crowd getting pumped, yelling from the bleachers. Tomahawk chop blasting from the speakers. Chill it is ready, lacing up them sneakers. 16 games, 16 ways. Kansas City Chiefs gotta rep that name. Push to the end, gotta win each game. Blood, sweat, and tears in the snow and the rain. Never give up, gotta push through the pain. Chargers, Rams, Raiders, Broncos. Grab your peanuts, grab your nachos. If it's raining, pack a poncho. Lip in the sky, soaring high. Kansas City Chiefs, now we're on the rise. Super Bowl ready, it's the perfect time. You can see the passion looking in their eyes. Sold out game, sacrifice. Money be the champs, gotta pay the price. Tune in live now, channel five. Kansas City Chiefs bring the town alive. Sold out game, sacrifice. Money be the champs, gotta pay the price. Tune in live now, channel five. Kansas City Chiefs bring the town alive. Kansas City, are you an arrowhead chief? Stop and do the nay nay, now we chop it to the beat. Tailgate every Sunday, yeah, we bleed that red and gold. Kansas City Chiefs, it's time to take control. Kansas City, are you an arrowhead chief? Stop and do the nay nay, now we chop it to the beat. Tailgate every Sunday, yeah, we bleed that red and gold. Kansas City Chiefs, it's time to take control. Now stop and do the nay nay. Scored another touchdown, now it's time to hit the post. Now stop and do the nay nay. Scored another touchdown, now it's time to hit the post. Now hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Oh, 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 oh,